0: Hello everyone, welcome to Foundations of Society. This is McKenna, and today we will be exploring the education system, how we can view it as a class and race-based social institution, and discuss how these differences affect students' school achievement. Specifically, we will consider how school districting and the resources allotted to each district impact achievement and how this is the result of systematic segregation. Don't worry, these concepts are all within our ability to understand, and it will make you more aware of your own social world and how factors all around us shape who we are. Let's start with the basics. Social institutions are ways to categorize patterns of behavior and maintain social order through meeting social needs. Examples of this can be the economy, government, healthcare, and what we will be focusing on education. Education is supposed to meet social needs and prepare children to go into careers. However, all of these institutions can be viewed through a lens of class, race, and or gender. That is, these institutions can mean different things to different groups and benefit some more than others. We can then apply these ideas to education and see if there are systematic or intentional and observed differences between how the education system treats those from different classes and various races. As mentioned before, there will be an emphasis on school districting and the ways in which this affects resource distribution, which is affected by the overall racial and socioeconomic divisions in the education system as a whole. Here, we will specifically argue that these divisions affect student school achievement, teacher quality, and funding, and impact vocabulary development that has implications for one's socialization throughout schooling. Let's note here that socialization means the ways in which one continually learns the appropriate social skills and behaviors necessary for their social position, though I'll mention this again later on. We can start by looking at school districting and resource allotment as a racialized and class-based issue. Schools in higher poverty areas have less funds to distribute to their public schools, as most school funding is based on income and sales taxes. It's no coincidence that high poverty areas are also the areas where the majority demographics are people of color. This is because people of color in the United States make up a majority of the population below the poverty line. Even families where people of color make the same as their white family counterparts still tend to live in neighborhoods equivalent to that of lower-income white households. High-income, white parents can choose to live in school districts that have more resources than other areas, unlike poorer families who have more limited options. In fact, black students attend schools that are, on average, double the poverty rate of white students. So, while school districting is heavily influenced by income, it is clear there is also a racial segregation component. This segregation leads to noticeable differences in the performance of students from high and low poverty areas, which is then also confounded as a racial disparity. This is known as the income achievement gap, where those in higher poverty areas score lower on achievement tests and comprehension skills than students in lower poverty areas. Living in disadvantaged neighborhoods has a direct impact on educational achievement, as there is a direct correlation between living conditions and resources available to that school district. The income achievement gap grows as different socioeconomic groups become more segregated. Students from higher income backgrounds continually benefit from income segregation, as they get afforded more resources and opportunities. Beyond class divisions, people of color disproportionately make up higher poverty areas. Even after controlling for, or taking into account, income differences, race still predicted average test scores relative to other races. Black students are likely to score lower than white students, indicating segregation alone affects school achievement. So, there is substantial overlap in race and income-based predictors of educational attainment. Many solutions focus on within-district redistribution of resources. However, most districts consist of people from the same socioeconomic group, which can then predict the racial makeup of the district. This means that most higher-poverty schools are in one district, where lower-poverty schools are part of another. Therefore, when looking within districts, resource allotment is actually fairly evenly distributed, which includes the quality of teachers. Less experienced teachers are more likely to be in underfunded districts. When higher poverty areas have teachers that are less effective than in lower poverty areas, students are likely to score lower on assessments, so teacher effectiveness is strongly correlated to student achievement. Lower poverty districts can allot more funds to teacher salaries and spend more to obtain experienced teachers. Highly segregated areas then translates into an unequal distribution of teacher resources because of funding. What does this mean for students? It means that if we can create less segregated schools and redistribute funds more equitably, then teacher experience and quality gaps can be bridged and have equal impact on their achievement. However, now there is little policy implementation to go along with these ideas. Later on in life, this can have significant effects on individuals with less advanced schooling. In looking at higher education, those who make it into prestigious institutions will believe themselves to be social outsiders and less intellectually capable than their more privileged schoolmates, as they were socialized in different neighborhood and educational settings. As shown early on in one's education, growing up in underprivileged areas has an impact on one's vocabulary skills, as they are less developed and impact academic performance levels. As one progresses through school, this gap can widen and become more apparent in university. Students in law school noted that they did not speak with the same sophisticated vocabulary as their higher class peers, making them feel incompetent in comparison. Remember, these differences emerge because of inequality in the education system, which uses districting to segregate schools based on class and race. It is not just that those from lower class backgrounds have lower vocabulary skills, it is that they were never afforded the resources in their schools and with their teachers to develop them to the same extent as students from upper class backgrounds. To combat the eventual long-term effects of class and race-based school districting, bringing in outside programs that can help provide consistently higher standard schooling to more impoverished areas would improve the conditions of learning for these students, likely improving their achievement scores. Creating equal educational environments for people of color and lower-income students through working on between-district resource allotment would help close the gap in the quality of their education and reduce the impact that has on their opportunities later in life. Thanks for listening and taking the time to learn more about the inequalities in the education system from a sociological viewpoint. Hope this gives everyone some perspective on how class and race-based segregation can affect one's academic performance based on the resources they are afforded. Let's take this opportunity to look at our own schooling and notice the privileges or hardships ourselves or those around us have faced. Until next time, this is McKenna.